And now, it's time for a very dramatic reading. Actually, it's not a reading. I'm going to improvise this all from the top of my head. But it's time to announce the winner of part two of the How Many Episodes Will Colin and James Be in 1931 for Timeline Scavengers giveaway. Whew. Long title. We should really have worked on it. But you know what? At this point, it's too late because it's over. It's also great because on the first one, it turns out we had two people make the same guess. And I just made a mistake when I was reading my spreadsheet for it. Uh, and so the first time around, we actually had two winners. I already mentioned Max, and we also had Riley21106. But the good news is, is that Riley gets to get recognition because now they've won twice in a row. This time they guessed 60 episodes, and the correct answer that we were looking for was 64. Holy smokes, we're going to be here for a while. But guess what? It's time for one of those 64 episodes right now. Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Uh, you know, it's a really interesting thing when you realize that you say that sentence the same way every time. Uh -huh. So you start trying to think, how can I change... How, how change my speaking pattern uh and then it's immediately great that you think about it actively in front of a guest where you're like don't mess it up in front of the guest because they'll know <laughs> they've never recorded the show before why would they know but you know that's the sort of thing that i get worried about uh but now that i've addressed it we do have a guest it's time that we guessed it it, it's true. I'm here, everyone. It's Mike it's Snyder from Good Morning it. Greendale. Oh, look. Man, what a Ooh. pro. I love it. Oh, that is very good. Because uh, I was about to say, have you made your guest guess? Mm. Uh, and, uh, I know. Just, oh, uh, crap. So I there was you... a guessing situation? I should have let well, the guessing no, I, go on? I, I think that at this point, it's like, I hope you had your answers like penciled in yeah. and ready because... Sure. Mike's yeah. told you. And if you didn't have it written down in time, we will not be accepting late answers. I'm sorry. Right. I'm right. sorry. You can't you can't even get half credit for getting me right as I said it, because you know what? That's just how we grade in this class. And this is a class, mm -hmm. not a podcast. Correct. Sorry, I, podcast I've come onto your class. podcast and changed it to a class. Everyone, uh, pencils down. Pass your papers to the front. Um, it doesn't matter paper, if your name paper, isn't on it. Paper, you've paper. already messed up if you didn't have it there. Um, James, always, James. Always yeah, start with your down. name on the paper. <laughs> I, I Listen, all joking aside, that's not true. But in, in in truth, I really did have trouble putting my name on papers. I was definitely one of those, I know the answers, I'm so good. And then turn it in and be like, James, come up here. And be like, right, sorry. I had that issue a lot of the times yeah. where it would be like, I know this is you, mostly based on handwriting yeah. and everything, but like, come on. Like, yeah. You, that's not going to happen in life all the time. <laughs> but I was also kind of like, well, wait a minute. Like, when am I ever going to really need to hand in to some stranger? 
something you, like you, you know, know you say that but then yeah. there's the whole thing about like you forgot to attach the attachment to the email you oh shit yeah i've done that so many times yeah. it's embarrassing and oh same oh absolutely who doesn't like i i've start i've stopped like putting in who i'm sending it to before i'm finished writing the email because i've sent it way too early way too many times yeah emails anyways so <laughs> <laughs> Um, Wonderful segue as always, James. Thank you. So, Mike, speaking of emails, what's your show like? What's your show about? Give us a little pitch about your show, and then you know it's. It's funny because I believe on one of one of the things I guessed it with you, I once gave out the email to the show that no one was listening to, at the, or people were not listening to, so they could send us emails. Um, Good Morning Greendale uh, <laughs> is a show in which we, me and my co-host Ben, mm-hmm. we watch Community uh, and we talk about it. Uh, but mostly we just joke around. Um, I have a thing. Uh, w- w- one of my favorite bits on it is called un- Outsourcing Mike's Bits. Um, which we, I use a uh, pod decks, the what the heck deck to generate a conversation. It never goes well. Listen to my podcast. I love it. That's a good pitch. That's a I good like pitch that, for sure. Um, I also love that your filter or whatever you have, your like location protection oh, did it, program. Did it yeah. blur out the yeah, pod decks? It looked like you were Excellent. on like, like a, you I mean, to be fair, to show the, it. To be fair, it's never given us a good segment, so the pod decks, it's fine. <laughs> See, I like that, though, because it was almost in a way like, listen, they're not sponsoring it. We're yeah, not going to show it. Exactly. Green box. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, it's green, box. green box. It's, it's all the green you get. box. Look for the one in the green box. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you walk into your podcast card uh, store mm-hmm. that every city, every town in this country, wonderful country sure. and wonderful world has, um, and you look for the green box. That's the one I cannot recommend, Wink. Good filters, great taste, <laughs> America, pod I think it's time to change the slogan for Scavengers Network. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about 1931. And... <laughs> All right, and so fall this transition. Here we go. All right. So, ooh, hey, I have in my notes here a thing to ask Mike uh, before we get into it. Mike, tell us about your pot. No, I'm joking. Mike, tell us about your history with Marvel and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. specifically or or whatever. Where where are you with Marvel? So I'm a pretty big Marvel head. I don't think I would describe myself as that after I said it at Mm -hmm, at all. mm -hmm. Um, I, I kind of... Uh, started with the movies. I I wasn't a comic book kid. Um, mm-hmm. I was. Uh, I, that being said, I have I knew of Iron Man. I knew of Spider Man, of course, before the movies, because I'm a huge video game nerd. Mm-hmm. So I would play all the Marvel, all the DC, Batman games, and things like that. Sure. Um, so regarding Agents of Shields, uh, I hadn't actually watched it until earlier this year when me and my wife started doing an MCU rewatch. Okay. Um, and this, I'm like, we should watch Agent Carter and Agents of Shield. And we we both watched. We we've gotten uh, so we have gotten up to season two of Agents of Shield, right. which is very helpful because mm-hmm. I know just enough about season seven of Agents of Shield to be absolutely incredibly confused. Um, have but go ahead. Season two, you you've started season two. You're like season two, episode one. 
we are let me pull up i have a whole big list of our rewatch love it uh, love this uh because we are we we basically got to season two episode 19 okay which happens okay. apparently right before avengers age of ultron uh-huh. and we have right. not watched that movie because immediately afterwards both me and my wife realized that we were having nightmares about uh marvel for some reason and mm-hmm. we switched over to mm-hmm. steven universe fair oh. fair fair uh, Which I, also I will, gave us nightmares because, you know, the, right. there's some heavy stuff in Steven, sure, Steven Universe. Sure. And I will say, you know, just as a fair, like, assessment or, you know, like, to, to sort of, like, make you feel, like, a little bit more at ease. Even if you had six seasons worth of content <laughs> for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., season seven would still have you going, what now? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. They, I'm glad to hear hey, that. Well, hang on now. What the, the, What's happening? <laughs> That's kind of what season seven is. Good. I'm, I'm good. Excellent. So we're talking about season seven, episode one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, this is one you're going to start at 2439 and you're going to end it at 2609. And here is the plot, according to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Wikipedia. Back on the Zephyr, Rodriguez finally tries out her new arms. They feel good to her, but strange. She goes to Simmons, who asks how she's doing with the arms. <laughs> that is, that is, you're giving it such a such a straight delivery, and it's just so bizarre sounding. She, she asks, she being Rodriguez, asks will if Simmons will try to send a message to Leo Fitz, who we don't know who that is because it's season yeah. seven, and we don't, right. yeah. <laughs> She, that Simmons, says that she can't because the Chronicoms might be listening. Shaw and Johnson pull up with their stolen truck, and Simmons yells, Simmons yells at them for being the opposite of low profile. Daisy uncovers Kane, and Simmons tells everyone to tie him up and get some, and they'll get some answers. She doesn't tell everyone to get some answers. She says that she's going to be the one that will do that. I sure. am the answer getter, she says. Um, I, I don't think that was the quote, but okay. Mm-hmm. She said, I, Jenna Simmons, get those answers. Guitar solo. She said, I am the one who knocks. Right, exactly. Heads. I am the one who knocks the answers. Agents Out of Shield. Their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're going to be a little unprecedented here and start things off with a guestion. Ooh, Mike? Okay. Yes. I have a guestion for you because it's unrelated to the stuff that I fell down during my research. But it is related to stuff that happened in the episode, so you're going to be carrying the majority of the load. Ready? Here we go. Um, All right. I will be Atlas carrying the world on my shoulders. Let's go. Perfect. I will be the person that tricked you to do that. Um, All right. Here's the guest, Jim. If you had to leave a message for, let's say, your wife. Sure. Whatever. But it needed to be somewhere or in some format that only she would recognize as being from you, where would you put it? And how would you leave the message? And what would that what would that be like? Holy cow! That is the that it, I. You have blown me away with this question. Re- reading it, it felt sort of like I was like, so if you were to put a password <laughs> on a bank account, what right. would the account number be, and what would the password be? Go ahead. Uh-huh. Like and it feels what, like. What, <laughs> and, and your 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 uh, your debit card name. pin. Please. If someone took you hostage, what would be the things that you would do if they let you on the phone mm-hmm. that would clue someone into you being that? No, I'm joking. Mm-hmm. But in all honesty, is there something that that you could do or like? Uh, yeah, what would so, you do? Because this is a so, challenge so for I, Fitz and Simmons. 
Right. So I'm separated. Uh, so I, uh, one of my notes is actually, what's all this about being separated by space and time? <laughs> right. Okay. Yes. Um, so am I also separated by space and time uh, and trying to say, deliver a note or let's say yes. Okay. Um, so my guess is that, Oh, well, you know, it, it, there's going to be some weird noises coming from my end as I try to think this one through. I've got it. Great. If I am, if I have been moved to the past. Okay. I will know because I am in, I have the brain of this time where, where we currently live. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I would do is I, and I know what we've done to the place that we've currently lived. So right. we have done a kitchen remodel. So what I would do is I would, I would buy or, or get some kind of thing. And depending on how far back in time I was mm -hmm. like bury it, bury something of that has the message on it in the, the yard or put it in the kitchen mm -hmm. uh, walls okay of this house so that it would be she could pick it when when the contractors for the kitchen remodel were like okay hey we found this weird thing here you mm -hmm. go and then it's like it's your husband he's stuck in 1957 right good yeah would you that makes sense would you just have it be a note that says hey hun weird thing happened <laughs> I'm stuck in 1957 or would it be like Come I in. went to the store to get some Heinz 57 that mm. because mm. the one we have at home is stuck like would you do like a code or would it just be straightforward because the like bearing it would be enough no straightforward I think because yeah. I think bearing it is enough yeah. but I wouldn't just do it on regular paper I mm. would probably get some kind of you know a sporting event uh, from the time okay um, uh, but but she knows my handwriting enough but if like if I get some kind of oh I'm trying to think about sporting <laughs> sporting teams that were in the Portland Seattle area uh, because uh, the the Portland Portland pilots of that time I think perfect okay. had, had a had a like a, a minor league baseball team or something like that nice go okay. to one of their games get one of their you know uh, uh, programs or whatever right on right. that then stick it in the wall perfect okay so she'd know for a fact because that makes sense that's a good answer good answer that is a good answer also well thought of very quickly i almost messaged you earlier today because i was like this is kind of a thinker maybe i should mm -hmm. but then i but thought you nah. knew but you knew <laughs> hey i remember when i was working with him on blink and you'll miss it this guy he can think of things on the dime that are ridiculous. Exactly. But only having to do with things on the dime. So FDR is... No, I'm joking. He's not in this episode. He is on the dime, though. Just um, going to point out that that would have been just the called shot of a segue I've ever heard. Incredible. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. But Just wait for the one of these next episodes. Yeah. Because, boy, that's going to be really good. And we're going to put one in James's wind column on that one. Yeah, that's, that's what I like to do. Put put stuff in the wind column um, like a couple of episodes later. Because it still counts. Mm -hmm. um, it still counts. So, basically, Yo-Yo is talking to... Gemma and she says hey so would you ever try and send a message back and Gemma's like oh my god no why would you even say that 
we got to keep well, a low profile. because the Chronicoms. Right, because the Chronicoms could be monitoring, and they have to basically assume that the Chronicoms can hear everything they're saying. So she's like, we're trying to keep a low profile. Right. And, as if it was written, at that very moment, the hatch opens, and you hear, Ooga! <laughs> I, I thought it was such a wonderful sound effect to use in that moment. And a truck pulls up, the truck that they stole a couple of uh, scenes ago with the uh, Daisy's fight scene. And um, it pulls up, and there is a uh, Daisy and a Deke in the front, and a Chronicom in the back, the mullet of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, <laughs> so I looked up this truck. Because we didn't see a lot about, we saw the truck before, but it was sort of like, there's a truck, let's go. So we get a good shot of this truck. So I wanted to look it up. And it turns out that it's very, very easy. The the internet is full of like, hey, all the TV places where there are trucks of stuff. Like, you know, like Goodwill Hunting had a truck in the background and it was a Ford F-150, you know, et cetera. So (laughs) this- People just love trucks and they're like- Right. I gotta get this into my TV watching somehow. How you like now, them James, trucks? Real quick question for you. Yeah, because you were very quick with the Ford F one fifty. Do yeah. you know any other trucks besides the Ford F one fifty? There is the Silverado. Okay. Okay. Who and makes the Silverado? That is a uh, Chevy Silverado. I think that's correct. I think that does sound sure. right. Yes. That does and sound then right. there are uh, commercial trucks which can be made by uh, Strick makes trailers, and that's part of the truck. Uh, I well, because i got to be honest, then, I'm not as familiar with this stuff. Uh, I want to be very specific. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't did know. I no, take no. your on-the-spot question I, and I zag very, on I want to be very specific. I was asking because <laughs> I thought I was about to learn something very interesting because I never heard you speak about trucks. Oh, but sure. you were like, boom, with it right there. I know I more like, trucks wow, than you. We, I was like, does James know like a lot about trucks? Oh, and I just no. never knew this. No, no, no. Um, what's funny is on <laughs> on she's all that minute. There's a question. Uh, we, Kevin Pollock calls the G, uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s Jeep a truck, and that led to a fairly good discussion about is a Jeep a truck, and then that led to a fairly good sign off about we give two things and ask which is more truck. Uh, I think that a Jeep is not a truck. It's I would agree with a that. Jeep, <laughs> right, right. I don't know if it's a all Jeeps are trucks, but not all trucks are Jeeps situation. But when you say truck, I don't think Jeep because it's a Jeep. Right. But if you say Jeep, do you think truck? I do not. The question. I think okay, of so then... a Ford F-150, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> the one truck everyone knows. When I th- and of course, I Canyon feel like... Arrow. Oh, sure. Of course. Um, the, the To me, from the, Simpsons. the yeah uh the to me a jeep is like its own category of right. thing right. like it's right it, it's closer to suv than anything else yeah, exactly. but it's certainly For not sure. truck right i mean like in my opinion a hummer isn't a truck either it's like a it's like a jeep on stupid ass steroids yes Yes, it, it is. But see, like, the thing is, that there's no like vehicle type for a Jeep. Is the thing you know what I'm saying? Like that's what right. is so frustrating. And that's because it's from the army, and so it's just like they had GP Jeep. And then it's like, it's it, that it's, one. It's the not tank. Get in the not yeah, yeah. tank. <laughs> yeah. And, and and then they th- think about what you'd classify a tank as if they came out with consumer grade tanks. See, okay. All right. Here. Now let's play a quick game of which is more truck. 
way before it's going to come up on a show that hasn't even started coming out yet. Which okay. is more truck, a Jeep or a tank? Oh man, a Jeep for sure. Okay, the tank why? has. The tank has like the weird treads, like yeah. it doesn't have like wheels, wheels. Sure. Yeah. So it is clearly a very different class of vehicle. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and mm. it's not exactly, I mean, like it's quote unquote all terrain, you know what I mean? But I feel as though a Jeep could climb like, I don't know, certain types of terrain uh-huh. much faster and much easier than a tank can because even though it's really? made to be able to maneuver and stuff i feel as though you hit a certain type of angle or like like specifically like if you're trying to get over a mountain yeah. and suddenly you have like a big jut mm. that tank is going to go well i've i've hit a spot i cannot get past right mm. better blow a hole through it but a sure. jeep would just go better right. just gun it you know what yeah. mean? And, then, and it would make it whereas yeah. i feel like a truck would also that yeah. seems uh, reasonable also jeeps don't fucking you know blow things sky high and neither do trucks and i feel like tanks have a very very clear difference. Have you ever seen Are we talking about consumer grade tanks or what, what, do you think that in America a consumer grade tank would not still have some sort of munitions? You know what? Retracted. Good point. All right, I have a follow up. I have a follow up. Which yeah. is more truck, a tank or someone on rollerblades? <laughs> it depends as the person on rollerblades have gas. Uh no, they have diesel. It's Vin Diesel. Very good. <laughs> oh, it's Vin oh, Diesel. Oh, well, if that's the case, and that's a that's a truck, baby. <laughs> that's fair. Vin Diesel Actually, is a yeah. vehicle. That's true. That's true. He, he's just he's just going and he's like, I yeah. am truck. Yeah, v- vehicle identification number diesel. I don't understand why we are even it's Vin. See, I was making a very stupid and crass joke, and you turned it around and made it into actual comedy gold, I feel like. So I feel like that's a good sign. (laughs) All right, so this truck is a a Model A Ford truck. Um, And this is the sequel to the Model T because of the alphabet. We think that Henry Ford was trying to spell something, but we don't know what. Um, Was there a B through S? Nope. Except for the BS so involved saying, in Henry Ford's anti-Semitism. But, so what you're saying um, is uh, that uh, Henry Ford and Elon Musk's naming situation with their cars are actually kind of similar because they did try to spell something? Right. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because um, notably, uh, Elon Musk tried to spell sex right. with his cars. Oh, okay. Interesting. Maybe oh. Henry Ford was just being like, ta. Mm. It's like, that's it. T- like he was saying, bye. Like. <laughs> Ta, like, I, ta, ta. I've done my two, and now it's time to go. That's right. Um, that's not that. That turns out. Hey, listen, I did learn a lot about old trucks in doing this research. So, um, first thing I need to say that Auga is for real the the horn on a Model A truck. Like for honest, for actual, for serious. Oh. I went to the website for the Model A Ford Club of America. Which is an actual website, which has of course it is. a club for that for sure it, I, of I'm America. Not, I, I'm not that surprised. I tried to find the one in England, but no luck. Um, but yeah, they they have like here's the sound of a horn, and you click it, and it's like Mm-ga. so that was historically accurate, as hilarious as it was. Um, and so then, basically, here's the story of the Model A, just really quick. Um, you can call it the Ford Model A. You can also colloquially call it the A Model Ford if you're feeling like doing things backwards, or just the A. Or you okay. can call it the A Bone if you're a hot rodder or a customizer. Like hey, I'm not sure if I like that. Hey, baby, hop into my A Bone. 
Uh, that's what I say anyway because my last name is Anderson. I don't say that. <laughs> don't. I don't say that. That's got. I'm gonna have to cut that. I think. <laughs> I got very close to being very blue. Um, that's I. I try. I refer to Angus steak bones as a bones, and people don't like that either. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I right, wonder so why the the uh, the Model A was the second uh, market success for Ford, uh, replacing the venerable Model T, uh, which had been produced for 18 years. Um, the line break was after the number, so I had to take a sec for the unit. Um, sure, it was uh, the Model A was first produced on October 20th, 1927, but it wasn't introduced until December 2nd. Um, it was designated a 1928 model and was available in four standard colors uh but that's okay because i think this is a 1931 um car so before i did try and look up the colors they were something ridiculous and you had to like look up what the base color was it was all sorts of ridiculous car stuff but you know if that's what you like that's what you like um not me though Anyways, after that judgment, it says uh, the vehicle was also sold in Europe, uh, but it was re- it was replaced by local built cars such as the Ford Model Y. So T A Y, maybe prophesying Taylor Swift. Who can tell? I um, was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, our cars are Swift. Ooh, like Taylor Swift, and they're like Henry. What the hell are you talking about? He's like, you'll see. Your great great grandkids are gonna love it. Yeah, exactly. This this pop culture ref might not be for you, but your great great grandkids will maybe be. A, they'll think it's a little bit of a swing too. Anyways, I'm Henry Ford. Out. I knew you were trouble when you trucked in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's one more? <laughs> oh God, uh, James. Here's the thing. I got news for you. <laughs> I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. Um, let's see. Hang my on. Favorite, I gotta, I... My favorite thing for Colin, Mike, is what's one more. Because like uh, he always yeah. has a really good one, but I always want to see what his season two is like. And I gotta think about this because you think so. I I'm not a big T Swift fan, right? Mm-hmm. But I did used to work for a music retailer for a while, and so I had to get unfortunately very familiar with, or not very familiar, but it's more of like they kind of like forcibly made you listen to a lot of it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sure, uh, like when the new stuff was out, because they're like, you got to play this in your store, and I was like, this I'm a, is killing me. I'm inside. a pretty big fan of Taylor um, Swift, so just like you know. <laughs> just keep that in mind, I guess. Uh, let's see. I hang on. No, that doesn't work. Okay, hang on. Uh, we, we we got time. We got time because it's gonna be edited. Uh, let's see. That's the same song. Never mind. Uh-huh. Um, I started to sing something from Trouble and realized it's just a later part of the same song. Henry Ford, take me somewhere where that we can go. I'm in a truck and there's only two of them. It's 1928. <laughs> Auga! I mean, it's better than... Um... <laughs> Every song has to end with a wooga now. It's just right. the way things go. Yeah, exactly. The Model T pain. Ah! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not just going to let uh, James's pun of Model T pain go fly by because that was real good. Oh, I did somehow miss that. I'm sorry. That, Model a, T pain is very good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm but on actually, a truck. A lot of people don't like, didn't like the Model T pain until uh, Henry Ford brought him over to the NPR uh, desk and he didn't have the auto tune enhancement. And then people well, really you know, like the Model T pain. Take a, a good hard look mm-hmm. at this motherfucking truck. Yeah, exactly. All right. So. For the Model A, the range of body styles ran from the Tudor, which was not a two-door, although I believe it only had two doors, but it's Tudor-like, T-U-D-O-R, sure. um, which cost $500, and you could get it in gray, green, or black, 
and uh, 500 bucks was about $10,534 today. Um, to the town car with a dual cowl, so the cape and cowl, the cowl is the thing that goes over the face of Batman, so it's like a two-thing-go-over-your-truck uh, part. And you can take that to the bank. So that one cost uh, $1,200, which today would be about $20,862. Um, Wait, sorry. Everyone stop. I thought of something. Okay. It just popped in my head. Sorry. We are never, ever, ever going to drive together. We are never, ever, ever going to truck together. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, I like the idea that like they were... Like maybe delivery people together, and mm-hmm. it's like no, no, no. You've betrayed okay. my trust. I'm no longer. I'm never getting back on this truck with you ever again. Right. Um, I don't know what about what you just said made that pop in my head, but all of a sudden, in my head, I went, "We're never getting back together." I was like, "There's a song about that." Yeah. And then I was like, "How can sure. I put truck in it?" And then mm-hmm. I figured it out. It's it's just not some, as good as the first one. It's but. something about inflation that just brings uh, music to everyone's head. Exactly. I think. Yeah. I, I like to picture the two characters that are never going to truck together are Taylor Swift and Taylor Not So Swift. And it was just a speed <laughs> differential that was uh, the real problem. They got along great. It's just one was really slow. So, okay, trucks. so you can go back to what you were saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so in March 1930, Model A sales hit 3 million, and there were nine body styles available. And one of them was truck. Um,. <laughs> And that's then that's the truth. Uh, and then they stopped making the Model A in March of 1932 after about 4.9 million had been made in all body styles, all sorts of body styles. They were very mm-hmm. body style positive back in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, there's a whole bunch of stuff. It, Henry Ford was basically like, I want to make a new car and I want to make it really, really awesome. And none of this, like, I want, like, there's a way of forging stuff. Yes, I got into forging stuff. Hell yeah, I did. There's a way of forging stuff that's like you kind of make the, you know, like the plastic things that you pull. Like if you're making a model car, you, they come with like those sheets of like plastic parts yeah. that you kind of pop out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. That's also cars apparently. But also you can also make things where you like individually like have the thing come together and then it comes apart and you have the the part there that's made individually. And Henry Ford was like, ooh, let's do the second one. And everyone in Henry Ford's company was like, absolutely not. That's not going to be cost effective whatsoever. And so he was like, fine. Um, <laughs> and basically, they, uh, he was sort of like, eh, about that, like uh, the, the, what they called uh, stamping of parts from sheet steel. Um, he wanted, uh, to do drop forgings, which were the two things that I just talked about. I could have actually named them. Um, but it says eventually Ford's engineers persuaded him to relent lest the model A's production cost force up its retail price too much. So, um, and then it says Henry, Henry's disdain for cosmic vanity. I'm sorry. Nope. Cosmetic vanity as applied to automobiles, led him to leave the model A styling to a team led by his son, who I kid you not was named Edsel. And maybe lots of people knew that, but, a fuel was named after his son, Edsel. Interesting. So that's something. Um, even though he would take credit for it, despite his son doing more of the work. Henry Ford, awesome dude. Um, and then it says during the it was during this period from the mid 1920s to the early 1930s that the limits of the first generation of mass production, epitomized by the Model T production system's rigidity, became apparent. 
the era of flexible mass production had begun and flexible mass production is like it's not like uh on lucy where it's like you better get those fucking chocolates into the fucking box or else you're gonna have to stuff them in your mouth you know that that lucy episode yes yeah hell yeah it wasn't like that it was like oh crap there's something wrong with this part let me stop this part of the line for a second get things squared away and then start it back up and it doesn't like screw up the whole production line mm. um so that was something that the model a sort of ushered in well that's exciting yeah so that is a model a car i couldn't find a good color to match it with it looked sort of like a silver and silver didn't look exactly like a color that it would have been painted in could have been a weird lighting thing but the only other thing i checked was the license plate so they roll in oh. and the license plate is visible and i tried to get a good pause and i uh tried a lot of times and didn't really succeed ever but um <laughs> what i what i pulled was that the license plate looks like it says 143-q78 um which is fine except for there aren't any um, license plates between 1927 and 1931 when the Model A would have been made and they would have been here in 1931. I looked up New York license plate requirements and 1927 through 1931, none of them are three digit dash three digit. So this was, unless I'm, see, I'm either seeing it wrong or this license plate is almost accurate, but not entirely accurate and i don't know what like decisions went into making that close but no cigar is it possible that they had paid for the 1931 vanity plate for their new model a i'm pretty sure that having a car was the vanity plate of 1931 oh, okay okay but that makes sense i'm do you also think that it's kind of like that thing where you can't put a real phone number on tv maybe you know I mean? where like where it's like we don't want it to end up being something where you can backtrace that that license plate and find something maybe but they changed license plate styles like every year for a bunch of years so you could have back traced someone's license plate i guess to 1931 but i'm not sure necessarily what you would have done with that information i mean i'm no computer genius i'm more of like where the car is actually registered like because if you have a car that remember we were talking about yeah some other part where someone like rents their trucks and stuff like that out to movies and stuff like that yeah yeah right for sure maybe maybe it's like a matter of like keeping the actual owner okay um and their information may out of maybe. being searchable that's possible it, i mean like what was weird is it other than the number of digits it looked like a correct license plate like it had like new york on the bottom yeah and like everything else looked right the color was right and whatever so that's possible i don't think that the guy that i was talking about and i know that there could be more than one person that does this i'm not right it's just i've only heard of one so in my world there is only one um sure and that's the ford f-150 that's the ford f-150 um, ford f-150 of people that rent out cars for movies and television right. productions um they we call all want to be ford. the ford f-150 of, of right. a type they, of person exactly they right. call him hank ford uh no relation um that I know of. Um, so again, it could because be that he, if he was right, exactly. If you, if you yeah. did know, then then he wouldn't be the F one fifty. Now of it Hank could Ford's. be that he is actually Henry Ford, and that's how he knew about Taylor Swift. So who knows? Ooh. I mean, like you know. Now we're getting back into the timey wimey nonsense. It's great. Yeah. What we haven't considered is that Taylor Swift was named after the 
letter the, the, the Ford T, the Ford Model T A and Y, which would actually make more sense chronologically, but that would be wild. Um, though kind of fairly southern, like truck related naming your daughter. Anyways, um, so what I was saying, what I meant to say was like, I don't think that he's driving these cars like. I don't think they're registered to be driven like on the road. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So sure. So I don't think that there would be like a a a, a where is his address? So, I mean, I could be totally wrong though, and then it would actually make a lot of sense for why the angle was so weird and like they like I don't know. Anyways, it was super frustrating, and it took me a long time to find very little, and that is my report on this scene of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mike. Yes. How are you doing? Uh, you're, uh, I'm good. Uh, unfortunately, because you were, uh, I, I appreciate the amount of work you put into it, but yeah. because of the fact that we did not really have a good conclusion to your uh, your license plate report, we are going to have to give you a C. Uh, <laughs> but that's... <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that in reaction to me giving you a C? That was, it started as a joke and then turned into an actual cough. So that was a fun, <laughs> that was a fun ride we all went on. You ever, you ever see someone who's an accidental method actor? That's me. <laughs> That's James, all right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good. So uh, do you, did you have any questions about, about anything that happens in this scene? There's kind of a lot. There's kind of a lot. There's kind of not, not a lot, but there's kind mm-hmm. of a lot. Mm-hmm. I have no, like, there are three people that you mention in your uh, your plot synopsis at the very right. beginning of the episode that I do just do not know at all. Okay, so one of the one of the people that is the is the passed out Chronicop, uh, Kane. Right, and, which I don't. Again, right, I do not have much context we, to Chronicoms. He is in this season that's it so cool you, you will you will hear about him on a future episode of timeline scavengers which was recorded in the past mm-hmm. but when you when the audience is listening to this will already be in the you'll be in the past anyways mm-hmm. i'm, I'm already in the past exactly right. um but i uh, i do uh like would like to say a i love simmons and i am also mm-hmm. worried about fits at all times good. um good and and I just uh, yeah that that's that's kind of it for questions other than like what's all this about being te- separated by space and time? Well, here's the fun thing: um, we don't, as an audience, we don't get an answer to that until the season finale. finale. So yeah, excellent. And yeah. let me tell you, I don't want to spoil anything because it is literally the series finale. <laughs> uh, it's. It depends on how much you like to be very sort of um, flipped off by the writers. I personally really like being sort of like, oh, it was such and such the whole time. So I'm fine with it. I feel like if I was someone else, though, maybe I would be upset with the answer that you've been seeking. Sure. Okay. Um, But that said, we won't be finding that out until... um, A very long time. A long time from now. So hold on to that question until later. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Great. I will write it down, and we'll circle back. Bury it in the grass. Bury it in the grass. Yeah. Piece of sports memorabilia, and then Stacy will find it later. Um, Absolutely, will do. All right. Well, then that is going to be taking us to uh, a segment, a very short segment, actually, of the music of 1931. Um, We're going to come back to Mr. Skip James. I believe he is the first uh, artist that we've done three songs from. 
Um, this is Hard Time Killing Floor Blues, uh, which I know from the Old Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack, Where Art mm-hmm. Thou soundtrack. Um, it was recorded by a guy because they didn't have a good recording of of Skip James doing it, basically. Um, so, because they... Anyways. Um, so, the term uh, to be on the killing floor is to be feeling very depressed, it turned out. It turns out, the internet told me. Um, sure. In this song, James Makes sings sense. about people working too hard for too little. They feel like they're down on the killing floor. So, Not relatable. much has changed. Yeah, exactly, then. for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. It says, there's some speculation that Skip James's killing floor was a literal abattoir, which is, which is the name of, uh, which is a fancy word for slaughterhouse. Um, okay. I learned there's a Simpsons episode where Homer tries to get weight loss tapes and they're out of weight loss tapes. So they send him build your vocabulary tapes and, uh, two the, very similar things. Yes. It's right. And so the, the, um, <laughs> the, the, the voice of it is, um, what's the name of the guy? Harvey Firestein is okay. not the voice, but it's a very like, Hey, I'm this guy. Um, it yeah. might be Dr. Marvin Monroe actually. Um, and he's okay. like, um, a abattoir, sl- abattoir, slaughterhouse. The pig was killed in the abattoir. So that is how I know the word abattoir. I um, love how you know things. <laughs> thank you. Uh, um, but he never worked in one, and it's more likely a metaphor. So I was really happy to find that bit of um, it might be literal, but there's no way it's literal. So moving on. Um, and then. The, a little information about the song. Uh, he was from rural Mississippi, and he recorded this song for the Paramount label, which he released as a 10-inch single with Cherry Ball Blues in 1931. The song didn't get much attention until the blues music revival of the 1960s, when Delta blues musicians from the 20s and 30s were, quote, rediscovered. Those are some heavy air quotes. Yes. Um, white people found them and uh, and and said, hey, this music is really good. Let's, let's It's ours now. Um, no, no, no. That's not. That's true. That's actually fairly true. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, that is actually a common um, theme of the music of 1931, especially in the blues section. Uh, they recorded it. It was great. And then in the 60s, people in Britain were like, hey, you know what's really good? This music from the 30s. Um, I think that's been in every single story uh, that I've told. Anyways, that is it. And Colin, I'm going to turn things over to you to do some social media. Absolutely. So if you want to hear more from us uh, off the air, you can follow the podcast. uh, Yes, sorry. (laughs) You can follow the podcast Twitter at Timeline Scav. If you want to hear more from the Scavengers Network, the podcast network that we are a proud member of, you can follow them at Scavengers Net. Uh, But if you want to hear more from me specifically, you can follow me on Twitter at Colin M. Parker. Uh, and as for my co-host, James, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Unabashed James. And what about you, Mike? Where can people find you and your podcast? So as uh, again, my podcast is Good Morning Greendale, where we talk about community. You can find that at Good Greendale. And then do you want people to find your Sure. I I did just uh, send a, a tweet that got 5,000 likes as a response to Hank Green. Um, so it was yes, wild to see <laughs> <laughs> Apple, apples and cheese. Uh, the uh, you can find me at T H E G I G G A S. 
Fantastic. And if you also want to hear more from the gentleman that made the music that you hear at the start and end of this podcast, you can follow Nick Bramald at N-B-R-A-M-A-L-D or at nickbramaldcomposer.co.uk. And before you go, I'd like to throw out a real quick recommendation for a Scavengers Network podcast for you to check in on. Uh, I have actually, I think, somehow never mentioned this on the show. Uh, So check out Myth Takes. It's a great little podcast uh, that I am the DM on. It's an actual play podcast. uh, It takes a rotating cast of different Scavengers Network members throughout a campaign that is currently using Monster of the Week as they try to save the world from impending doom. Uh, And it's a great time. There's about a cast, cast of like, I think 12 people, I believe, is the total cast count there so great little show and obviously not 12 people in every episode when i say rotating it's people go you'll you'll get it you'll get the hang of it um and uh that's gonna do it for us here on this podcast this episode of timeline scavengers thank you so much for joining us and as always i'm colin parker i'm james anderson i'm mike snyder excelsior Are you a fan of Boy Meets World? Do you enjoy rewatch podcasts? Well, then you should check out The Lost Years, a retrospective fan cast hosted by me, Tay. And me, Sid. It's my favorite show of all time. And I've never seen it. Each week, we're recapping a new episode of Boy Meets World, sharing bits of nostalgia and learning a wholesome lesson. Join us on our rewatch journey, won't you? School's in session every Tuesday, wherever you find your podcasts. What else do you need to know? The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.